Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Crime Noir. I have a special guest here with me today. I have Key from Crime and Color. Hi everyone, I'm so happy to be here today. So Key, tell us a little bit about your show and how long you've been doing it and all the tea and like what made you want to do um, a podcast about true crime. Of course, of course. So uh, Crime and Color's been around for I think about it was sad that I don't know, but I think it's been like two years. I've taken some breaks uh, mm-hmm. because I originally started by myself, mm-hmm. and then now I have my co-host, JV. Um, but I cover people of color in true crime. I know you cover African-American black people in um, true crime, but um, I talk louder, sorry. <laughs> but I cover uh, cases pertaining to people of color, uh, not just victims, also assailants or unsolved cases. Mm-hmm. Um miscarriages of justice, things like that. So yeah, that's a little bit. So what made you like want to get into like podcasting about our particular topics that we talk about? Because although we our genres are different per se, it's still like a Venn diagram of like how crime noir and crime and color operate. And I just want to know a little bit about what made you want to get into podcasting about people of color that are murderers, victims, serial killers. (laughs) Yeah, um, I noticed that the true crime genre is pretty much saturated with uh, white cases. Like we really don't hear about people of color Mm -hmm. in a lot of these, and especially the really popular podcasts, maybe like once every couple of weeks or so mm-hmm. you might hear definitely something. I definitely agree with you and that yeah. is why I started as well as because I think our stories are very important to tell and I think that it we're doing a good job and yeah. I think our content and our mission is very very um important and it where is. can the people find you that are listening yeah um so crime and color you can find us on apple podcasts google play stitcher and podbean and then uh twitter crime and color and we have a website crime and color pod mm-hmm. uh, com all right thank you you're welcome So before we jump into today's episode, I just want to give a shout out to my Twitter follower, Dapper Dablo. This is for him because he did suggest this case. And I always try to take suggestions from my listeners because I want to give you guys content that you enjoy. So as usual, if you have any suggestions, you can tweet me, you can email me, you can Instagram me or anything, and I will add it to my list. Um... I had never heard, or excuse me, I had heard of Stack Bundles before, but I never really did uh, research on, on him or anything like that. And I can't say that I've heard too much of his music, which is kind of ironic because I was like a Dipset fan growing <laughs> up. So it's like, how could I not know that? But I guess I was too smitten with like Joel Santana and Cameron to like really care. My my 15-year-old mind was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Have, had you heard of him before, Keem? I hadn't heard of him before. Okay. But I also um, didn't really listen to much okay. rap okay. when I was younger. Okay. So... So this is new for you. Yeah. So you looked at it from okay. So we'll get some we'll we'll get some different um, perspectives and like opinions regarding this this case. 
And like I always say, before I start, I just want to give a trigger warning that although this episode does not feature explicit language, it does feature sensitive commentary about violence. So listener discretion is advised, y'all. And let's just jump into some facts. So Stack Bundle's real name, Raekwon Elliott, was born on October 21st, 1982 in Queens, New York. He then became, well, he was on his way to rap superstardom, but unfortunately his life was cut short. He built a fan base by really flooding the streets with mixtapes. He got his first big break by signing with legendary um, DJ Clue. Did you know that? I did. You did know that. I didn't. I had no idea, y'all. And at the time, he was when he signed to DJ Clue. He, uh, Fabulous, and Joe Budden were also on that label, which I'm not a fan of either. But like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a fan. But I guess that is what it, it's worth mentioning. Um, he did some notable projects that included Rap Makeover Volume One and Bidding War. And eventually, he linked up with Jim Jones, which um, you're hip to Jim. Okay, yes. yeah, I'm just making sure. <laughs> and was signed to Bird Gang in 2006. He has worked with a lot of industry figures like Lil Wayne. I like Lil Wayne. Um, Lil, Lil Flip. Ching Drugs. I did a podcast on Ching Drugs because he was also murdered. Okay, yeah, because his name was coming up a lot. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, one of the most notable songs are his feature on Six Minutes of Death, with which is actually a Joe Budden song. I had never heard of it, y'all, so I did take it upon myself to listen to it um, before, and he did a good job. I cut it off um, for Joe Budden, though. <laughs> um, he did have a legendary freestyle on Hot 97 with DJ Funkmaster Flex. And while I was researching him, I found out some interesting facts um, that I had never heard. When Stack was a teenager, he was in the Busta Rhymes Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See video. Yeah. Did you see that? said he was in 702's Where My Girls At. Yeah. He was a dancer. He was a dancer. He he was, from what I read, it seems like he was very artistically inclined. Yeah. So even if, like, let's say the rap thing never worked out, I think he would have been, like, behind the scenes producing or Doing like something. he definitely was going to be like a industry figurehead um i also read that one of the key defining moments for stack is when he got kicked out of um his high school in far rockaway and then he started attending a school in Queens, south in a queen south jamaican neighborhood and from there he met some aspiring rappers some of them um one of them name was lloyd banks did you see that yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, it was around 1999, Stack was in a crew called Grits, which stands for Greatest Rapper in the Streets, with another Brooklyn rapper called Sky Zoo. Heard of him, but never listened to his music, y'all. Don't drag me. Um, I was also reading that Stack used to wait outside of Hot 97 to get Funk Master Flex Flex's attention, and then eventually that worked out for him. And he was able to get um, a representative in contact with Stack. And that's how he got linked up with Lupe, Lupe Fiasco. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Because the stars were, like, really aligned from reading about him. It seems like everything was in play for him to be the next big thing out of um, New York. Yeah, and, like, everyone that 
I like everyone that was interviewed in articles that I read had nothing but good things to say about him. Agreed. Um, let's see. In 2001, Stack did um, eventually move in with Lupe Fiasco for a time period, and Lupe really took him under his wing, and that's where he studied his craft and learned all he could learn. And eventually, he met Kanye, which is very interesting, and Kanye was as cocky as Kanye always was, according to what um, the article I read or whatever. I feel like we read the same article. <laughs> we, um, we probably read the exact same article, yeah. It was a good write-up. It was. It's a good write-up, y'all. And then he was feeling nostalgic and went back to New, New York City. Sorry, y'all. And that's when Riot Squad became a thing. And during this time is when he met Ching Struggs. And y'all know how I felt about Ching Struggs. He was cute. He made good music. He was unfortunately killed too. Y'all know that. I think that was episode six. So if you don't know about it, go listen to episode six and then come back and listen to this one. Um, I read, like you said, Key, I read a lot of good things about his personality, Um. I read that he used to call himself Gorgeous Gangster, which I think is, that's a mood. Yeah. That's a mood. That's a mood. And they used to say he used to be dressed to the nines. I mean, he would have his hair done. He would have the furs on. I mean, just, like I said, I don't know him. I wasn't a fan of him or anything like that. I have never heard his music until, like, recently. And just hearing about him, he seems like such a, like, positive person around like around his community or whatever i have a funny anecdote okay go ahead. <laughs> yeah. go ahead. so i was um with my best friend when i was reading about like doing my research for stack bundles and um she was like uh she was like what are you what are you looking up over there i was like oh doing some research for like uh for i'm recording with a friend mm -hmm. and she was like oh is it like some kind of serial killer and her boyfriend was like stack bundles right like what about this she was like i don't know maybe stacking bundles of bodies or oh, something like lord. <laughs> oh lord oh lord i mean okay <laughs> we'll we'll give her that Anyway, it seems that he was just on his way to superstardom. He was featured on the Dipset Christmas album. He went on tour with Lil Wayne and Jim Jones in early 2007 before he was killed, um, killed or whatever. And he also had a mixtape plan with DJ Drama. So that could have really took him to uh, the next level because I don't know if y'all know, but DJ Drama like DJ Clue are very legendary DJs. Excuse me, y'all. And although at the time of his death, he had no official album out, over the course of his career, he had released, I think, over 600 songs. So, wow. yeah, he was really into the music. I, like, just from talking to people and, like, you know, doing the little research I do um, do do and reading, like, not Reddit, but, like, there's, like, a little forum kind of like that or whatever. I forgot what it's called. I think it's called the Coley, the Collie, whatever it is. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, um, they had a lot of positive things to say about him. So sounds like he impacted a lot of people. Anyway, his life was tragically cut short on June 11, 2007. He was ambushed while walking into his apartment building at 5 a.m. in Far Rockaway. And prior to the shooting, Stack was, isn't that crazy how like you can be, your life can be going good. All the cards are aligned for you. And then someone will just 
pretty much harm you and end your life. But anyway, prior to the shooting, Stack was at a nightclub called Stereo in Manhattan. And once he left the club, he went to White Castle, which is a mood because the food is good. And then he went home to his apartment. From there, as he was walking into his apartment building, he was approached by a group of people. They don't exactly know how many. He was then shot and killed at the lobby. He was um, shot in the head and then the neck once, and the perpetrators ran, ran, obviously. And then he died 20 minutes after the shooting at Jamaica Hospital Medical Center. And he was just 24 years old when he died, so he was a baby. Yeah. He was a baby. And I was reading. I couldn't really find anything. Did you find anything? But at first, I thought it was a robbery. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a robbery. And I don't know this to be true, y'all, but I I feel like I remember them saying that his chain was missing. Yeah, a lot of articles I read said that his chain was missing, but not his money. Money, yeah. So that's why I'm confused as to if it was really a robbery, because if it was a robbery, wouldn't you take, like, all their valuables, not just their chain? It sounds like it was kind of personal. And I don't know if um, they ever found this chain or anything like that, but I'm sure whoever did it is uh, keeping that as some kind of sick, like, token. Or you know Uh, how people kill, or, yeah, yeah. they kill people and they take their personal belongings and, you know, keep them or whatever. And they can't say that they have the chain because everyone's going to know that it was you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Stack Bundle's funeral was held on June 18th, 2007. And some notable people that were there were Jim Jones, obviously, Joel Santana, obviously, Lupe Fiasco, Joe Budden, yuck, Mano, DJ Clue was also there, and hundreds of people attended. So he was well-loved in the New York area. And like I said, I do believe that all the cards were aligned for him to be some kind of entertainment figure. Yeah, especially that young. Like, yeah. At 24. Very successful. He was. He was. So one of his aunts, I was reading an article, one of his aunts said that the signs of trouble were there before Stack was actually murdered. Um, his Porsche Boxer, I think that's how you say it, was broken in a month before his death. And, um, yeah, so they think he was definitely targeted. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything random, which is not the first time uh, I have heard of something like that. I do believe that people cannot stand to see, like, the success of other people oh, around yeah. them, especially if you have, like, a really crab-in-the-barrel-type um, mentality. Then you would kill somebody that you saw... Um, you know, on the up and coming or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, his car was broken into a month before. Um, they do have a couple of named suspects in this case. However, it does remain unsolved. I guess they don't have enough evidence or maybe they don't care. I really don't know why this hasn't been solved. There's not too much information out there regarding stack bundles. I mean, you can get, I'm talking about his life and death. You can find articles about his death, but like, I didn't really see too many updates on, like, what's currently going on yeah. as far as their inve- investigation or whatever. Um, yeah, so they do have a couple of su- uh, suspects in this case. One is Lee Woods. Um, police got his name from informants. And according to an informant, Stack was allegedly killed because of a robbery. But I don't 
like I said, I don't know if I believe that. Do you believe that? I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't think because I think they would have tried to take more valuables than his chain. I feel like taking someone's chain is very personal. Mm-hmm. Like that's not. You're not just gonna take someone's chain and not take anything else. Because in hip hop culture, that's like seen as like. I wouldn't say the utmost disrespect, but like snatching somebody's so, chain that's is so like, disrespectful. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. It's considered one of like the most disrespectful things. It's like how people get clout. It's like you'll see them snatch somebody's chain and then post it all on the internet or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Lee was eventually arrested, but not on uh, those char- the charge of killing stack bundles or whatever. The charges stem from an incident on July 9th when Lee was driving with his two friends, Dexter Bostick and Robert Ellis, in a stolen BMW. From there, cops pulled him over in Crown Heights at 2.30 a.m., and upon approaching the car, the responding police officers were immediately shot at. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. This is like a homicidal maniac. Um, So Lee was eventually apprehended and charged with two counts of attempted uh, murder and two counts of attempted for... uh, Sorry, y'all. He was eventually apprehended and charged with two counts of attempted murder. And then two counts of aggravated assault on a police officer, weapons possession, in addition to other crimes. And I read that one of those um, police officers actually died. So, yeah, they was out here wilding. Lee eventually confessed, but then he said he was beaten and threatened, and that's why he confessed. Which, there could be some truth that's not too far-fetched for... Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that's something that happened. But I do think he did it. Um, another suspect in Stack's murder was a man named Charles White, and he was found murdered execution style not too long after Stax was murdered. So I'm thinking that, oh, actually he got murdered in June of 2007. So I'm thinking it was like a retaliation type thing where mm. they, the street, the streets and quotation marks, like found out who killed Stax and. Or someone getting rid of their gunmen. Yeah. Oh. That's a good theory. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Lee Woods was eventually found guilty for all his charges with the other defendant, Dexter Bostick. Um, Yeah. And they got, I think I read that they got sentenced to life in uh, prison without parole, which, I mean, if you smoke a police officer, yeah. Yeah. It's like a wrap. So... To this day, Stack Bundle's murder remains unsolved, although I do believe it's like, it's kind of one of those things where like people know who killed like Tupac and Biggie, but like they're unsolved in like, I guess, the court system or whatever. Yeah, no one was really held accountable. Yeah, nobody was held to justice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think I do believe that this Lee Woods person had something to do with it. That's so interesting because I could not find anything about who they might have thought did it. Um, it's actually crazy because, um, I went on, I think the Coley, the Coley, I don't, y'all, I, I'm not endorsing the Coley, but, I, um, sometimes I like to get like what people think. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think they had like a blurb about Stack Bundle's murder and I was able to search his name from who they named and that's how I was able to piece it together. Okay. I need to utilize forums more. Yeah, I think it's a good tool. I mean, I think they can be. Sometimes it's like a lot of ignorant, but like sometimes you can find some people who are actually got a lick of sensor <laughs> on there. No, seriously. Um, so let's get into some theories. What like what 
I know as I was reading, there was some speculation that um, him and Chinks' deaths were related in at oh, some yeah. point. I don't believe that though. Yeah, because it, I, like, I don't really. I don't think it was. I think that, um, well, first of all, they know who killed Chinks, so they're already held accountable. And I'm not sure if there was um, some connection between the people who killed Chinks Drugs and. Um, stack bundles or whatever, and I haven't read anything to indicate um, something like that. So I don't personally believe that. Um, I don't either. I I mean, that yes, they knew each other, and yes, there are some similarities, but it's like sur- what I read the similarities were were like surface level mm-hmm. similarities. Like the the similarities were they were both from the same area. They were both rappers. They both drove the same car, and they both were were shot. That's like where it the, was. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't like. <laughs> The MO was the same or et cetera, et cetera. Again, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just said I don't believe that they were. I think they both just died tragically before it was their time, which I wouldn't say a lot of rappers do, but, you know, yeah. I think that uh, it was someone who was jealous. Yeah, same. Of um, him becoming super popular. Yeah. Clearly with the chain theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, because I think I read uh, something else that said that like he had said something to his aunt that uh, he wanted to find another place to live because yeah. he felt threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody was probably watching him and plotting for the right moment, just like Chinks. I mean, there's some similarities, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think it was somebody that just couldn't stand to see him alive. And it seems like when rappers die, that is like a common kind of thing is that somebody can't stand to see them shining. I mean, Nipsey is probably like the most recent example. Mm -hmm. I think that was the case with like Biggie, Tupac. I think it was one of, well, actually, no, I'll take that back because some of it was like gang related or whatever. But I definitely think there is some, you know, jealousy because their SoundCloud or whatever they were using back then, their mixtapes weren't booming. And then you have somebody calling themselves gorgeous gangster <laughs> in blue furs and like their hair laid to the gauze. Yeah, that would burn you up. Yeah. But see, people don't have healthy coping or coping mechanisms because somebody else's success should make you want to grind harder, not go kill them. Exactly. Grind harder, get on their level. Exactly. And just be winning together. Exactly. Try to learn what you can from them. But, you know, people are just ridiculous. Um, There hasn't been too many updates on this case that I've read, y'all. I know at some point they were saying his estate was going to release an album, but I haven't heard of it actually releasing. So I think they said it. I think I saw that. Okay, because I don't remember. I don't remember um, seeing that. They said that it was supposed to be out fall 2017. Did yeah. it ever come out? I don't think so. I don't think oh. so. If I'm wrong, y'all let me know. Um, I was also reading that they were trying to put out like films, uh, like short films, long films regarding him, and I think that's cool. I know one of them released on uh, YouTube, and it's called Why Ask Why. I haven't had the chance to check it out, y'all, but I plan on it at some point, and we should have a watch party. We should have a watch party, (laughs) y'all. Everybody, when this comes out, let's all dedicate like one hour of our day and just watch it together and live tweet through it. I think that would be good for him. Um, 
I really don't have like any more on stack bundles. I just think that I find it super tragic. These stories like touch me and I don't know if it's cause like the Nipsey thing just happened or whatever. I feel like super sensitive to hearing about people um, dying like before it's their time. Yeah. Yeah. I think being not even dying, being murdered before their time. Cause I do think there's a difference or whatever. And I just think I've been kind of sensitive regarding that not that I was like a Nipsey Hustle diehard fan or anything like that but I just think it's sad that like he um passed away before his time and he left behind children and stuff like that but I don't yeah, it's always sad when someone goes like that you see doing work in the, com- in the community, community or yeah. like when someone's like on the rise and they're just and they're at least trying to do better I know like don't drag me y'all, but I know he said some things in the past that people didn't care for, but yeah. he at least seemed to be trying to get better. And by all accounts, not talking about Nipsey at this point, Stack Bundle seemed like he was just good in his community and never really bothered anybody. But yeah, it's just sad, y'all. I mean, hopefully in our lifetime we get some justice, but it doesn't seem like it. I think the most we'll get is that he's already in jail for uh those killing one of those cops or whatever and the other one i think met street justice if he did do it yeah so you have any last thoughts uh not really but i would i'm gonna keep my eye on this and see if yeah there are any updates yeah me too i'll definitely be um interested to see when the album or whatever comes out so if it comes out Another listening party. Another listening party, y'all. If it if it's already come out, don't drag me. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just get in to some noir news. I'm starting this week off with some good news, y'all. R. Kelly has been arrested on charges of sex trafficking. Yay! Yes. Throw yes. him in the clinker, y'all. I know. I know I've been saying that I've been like trying to read up on like prison abolitionists and like literature and stuff like that but hearing that i was like under the jail (laughs) r kelly he deserves what's coming to him he does and you know what i also heard that they are coming down on the people that um he i don't know if he they were covering it up i think i think yeah and i good on them i think that they deserve to they were taking money they were destroying tape i mean i think i read that he had over 20 sex tapes of minors over 20 sex tapes of minors disgusting over 20 over 20 Uh, one is too many so to me if he has, if they found 20, that means there's at least, like, 30 yeah. that he hasn't found. And for those people, sorry, y'all, I'm about to rant. For those people who protected him, the parents who enabled him to, because some of them did, jail. Throw them, lock them all up. I just think R. Kelly, I think he is going to, I, I think this is his swan song. I think he's done. I think that hopefully if the, um, I think these are Fed charges. Yeah, they are. I think if he, uh, I think he'll be away. I think this is, if R. Kelly gets out this time, then we need to be in the streets. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, any final thoughts on that? Um, 
I, again, under the jail, everyone who helped him. Jail, jail. prison, <laughs> solitary confinement, y'all. That's where he need to be at, period. No, do not, do not pass go, do not collect 200. Don't even, don't even give him a window. Just give him a, a, a bowl to pee in and some water. <laughs> Some dirty water. Some dirty water. He don't deserve nothing. All right, let's go to the next story, y'all. My next story I have is... Well, did you have a story? Um, do yours first. Do okay, yours. okay. Um, my next story is about LAPD and Nipsey Hussle. They opened an internal investigation regarding Nipsey because apparently the woman who drove the getaway car tried to come in and report what happened but was told that it wasn't a big deal. And they told her to not pay attention to the news. So apparently the woman, her name is, she's unnamed actually, because I think she's going to be an informant. I think she was um, granted immunity if she testified, which makes sense, because according to her, she had nothing to do with it. Um, She said that she only knew Eric Holder, which is the suspect, for a month, and they were just going to get food when she saw Nipsey standing outside of his store, the Marathon, and was excited to see him. She later took a pic with him and heard Eric Holder and him talking about snitching. So whatever that means is what it means. And then the pair left and went to a nearby gas station where Eric loaded a gun and then walked back to the shopping center. From there, she heard two gunshots and Eric came back to the car and told her to drive. She didn't She didn't know Nipsey was harmed until later that night, and then she went to the police and tried to report it and was turned away. Yeah. So, sue everybody because what the hell? Sorry. Sorry for my cussing, but, like, what the hell? This was, like, it was so widely known what had, like, immediately after it happened, how did the police not believe her? I have no idea. I have no... And can you imagine you're going to get something to eat and the guy you're with just murders Nipsey Hussle? Yeah. No, no. I'm saying, yeah, like, I can't... I cannot even imagine being... First of all, I couldn't even imagine that in a regular situation where it's not, like, a community... An L.A. community pillar, because that's what he was, an L.A. community pillar. I couldn't even imagine that on some, like, regular, I'm just going with Key to go to Chipotle. And I just pull out a gun and just smoke somebody. I can't imagine on that (laughs) level. So I really can't imagine it if, like, it's me and you and you go smoke. Like, I I couldn't imagine that. I bet her life is horrible. Mm -hmm. I bet her life is horrible. I'm pretty sure she's probably had to relocate. I am pretty sure that her quality of life is at zero. Oh, yeah. And it will continue to be at zero for a long time. Even though, from what she says, she's not responsible. I just can't even imagine being, like, in that vicinity where, like, I'm in the car with a dude that just shot somebody that's was super important to LA and like the black community or whatever. And then you're wondering like what is this person going to do to you? Yeah. I mean, I this is a trial I am very interested in hearing because I want to read the court docs and see like what actually has happened like happened at least to their recollect um recollection or whatever. I guess we'll never know 100%. Yeah. But um I know I read a couple of them and he like shot him 10 times and yeah, and kicked him in the head. 
sorry, y'all. If skip this part if you're like super sensitive about this still, because I understand. But yeah, that's yeah, that's how I feel. My next story. Actually, I have four stories today, y'all. We have you have one too, right? Uh, yeah, just a little update. Okay, so we have five stories. Sorry, bear with us, y'all. <laughs> um, ASAP Rocky was arrested in Sweden for aggravating aggravated assault after a videotape brawl on June thirtieth. Apparently, it was over some randoms harassing women. Women, and that's all I have on that. <laughs> um, you have any thoughts on that? I plead the fifth. And you plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm pleading the fifth, too. Um, and my last story today is this one. This one, I mean, all, I always say this, y'all. These stories be rocking me to my core. But I just read on um, July 4th, 17-year-old Elijah Al-Amin. I don't know if that's how I say his last name, so I apologize if I said it wrong. Was killed after a man allegedly attacked him for listening to rap music. Did you hear that? I did. I did. And these cases are very hard for me to to read about and listen to. Let's get through it. Sorry. No, it's fine. So, Michael Paul Anderson stabbed. I'm not even gonna say that. He was just he just killed this guy. I don't even want to get into the details. No, you know what? He had to go through this. The least I can say is what happened to him. Um, he stabbed him and then slit his throat because he said rap music made him feel unsafe. And according to news reports, there wasn't even so much as a word exchange. So the attack was completely unprovoked. So he didn't even, first of all, cut your ears off. If you think that my music or whoever's music is bothering you so much, then put some AirPods in or cut your cut your ears off. Why you got to go attack somebody because of the music that they're listening to? That's completely unacceptable. I hope this guy, mm, I'm not even going to say what I think. I can't. These are always so hard because my nephew is 16 mm -hmm. and it's my baby. And, you know, he's always walking around, listening to his music, just like, you know, being a 16-year-old kid. And to think of someone attacking him, taking his life just for being himself out in public, not bothering anybody. Without so much as a, a conversation. Evil. It's evil. It's demonic. It's satanic. It's something. They need to be locked in. You know how I said R. Kelly? Him and R. Kelly need to be in the same cell and figure it out. Um, this case also reminds me of Jordan Davis. You remember Jordan Davis? There's been so many of these like incidents, but refresh, refresh. he was murdered by Michael Dunn in 2012 because yes. he refused to turn down his music yes. as well at a gas station. This is a black boys minding their own business, getting murdered because of their music. Be no, no, no. It's not because their music. It's because they're black. Period. Period. It's it's because of that. If a music can make you feel threatened, mind your business. Call the po don't, don't 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 do that. Yeah, you're right. I don't even know what I was thinking. Don't even do that. Mind your business is a good tactic. Mind your business. Put some AirPods in. Uh, wait in the car till the music passes. I mean, literally, even if somebody's blasting music, how threatening could it be? You guys didn't even have a conversation. And nine times out of ten, they're going to be just passing on through anyway. So, so <laughs> five minutes max, you could have been okay. Lock him up. 
I'll be I'll definitely be updating the podcast on this, y'all, because I need to know this guy's going to jail. And if he doesn't go to jail, wow. It'll be yet another miscarriage of justice. So we'll see. Anyway, that's all my topics in Noir News. What did you have? Um, so the first episode of my show, actually, I talked about um, the murder of Shanika Hersey and uh, her boyfriend. And I just found out, actually, that her estranged husband who murdered her and her boyfriend was convicted of um, two counts of murder. And I feel like this was really quick because they were murdered um, on April 3rd, 2017, and he was convicted in July of 2018. So that's just like a really fast turnaround, in my opinion. Um, But I was just really surprised by that. Had he been stalking her? Like, what was what was? There was a history of uh, domestic violence. Yeah, and um, I think he was like showing up places, like, and she she was trying to start over. Like, they I think they had reconciled, but it wasn't working, and she was trying to start over. So she mm-hmm. was in her new home with her new boyfriend, her kids from her estranged husband, and the kids were in the house. Like, he came into the house in the middle of the night, murdered her and her boyfriend. And then left and came back and tried to pretend like he walked in on like a robbery or a home invasion or something like that. Yeah. How did how did he murder them? Uh, he shot them in he their sh- sleep. Mm. Just like. Mm. Piece of crap. Disgusting. Piece of crap. Disgusting. He caught two bodies because he couldn't see one person move on. Controlling, narcissistic, abusive, loser. Period. And I'm glad. What was this? Has he gotten sentenced yet? Uh, I think life without the possibility of parole. And what was crazy about this was that the kids, like his kids were like, no, he did this to our mom. Like he, he was trying to say that it was a home invasion robbery. Oh, I walked in on someone. The kids were like, no, he did this to our mother. Like how, how old were the kids? I think they said their daughter was four. And then I think they had two sons and they were like, Middle school teenage wow. age, yeah. Keeping them up, uplifted in prayer, because they're gonna need it. Mm-hmm. Your dad's a murderer, and your mom was his victim. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Horrible. And where did this happen again? This was in Randallstown. Rand. Oh, that's in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Key, you want to tell? my listeners where to find you again oh sure so crime and color uh at crime and color on twitter uh crime and color pod.com <laughs> you can find us. I, i'm like that too i'm like uh crime explore i think okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh apple podcast google play stitcher Podbean. Uh, oh, y'all everywhere. Yeah. Y'all worldwide. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's been really good having you here. Yes, I've had so much fun. We have to make this a reoccurrence. Definitely. I enjoyed having you on the show. I know. And Candace was on Crime and Color as well. Yes. Yeah, so, so when that comes out, that. when that comes out, I'll definitely um, upload it to mine as well. Yeah. And um, you guys know where to find me, Crimex Noir on Twitter, Crime Noir the podcast on Instagram. I do take, um, I have been doing uh, Missing Person of the Day or Murdered Person of the Day, or excuse me, Unsolved Murder of the Day. Um, I do that Monday through Friday. Sorry, y'all, I need some days to myself. 
Um, if you have any suggestions of anything like that, feel free to DM me or whatever the case is. And as always, I appreciate you guys for listening and we will talk next week. <laughs>